0: Most years we don't get to do church on Christmas Day, uh, but this is a special treat, so we're glad that you're here with us today. You know, for some of us, church is kind of what we do on Sundays, and this week is another Sunday at a different time and and a, a special occasion. Others are maybe here visiting family, or you were invited by a friend, or maybe you just found your way here because something inside told you that this is what you needed to do this Christmas. Uh, Whatever the reason you're here, welcome. You really feel like you've come to the right place. You jumped in with us at a great time, too, because in many ways, the Christian faith rises or falls on the question. Who is that baby that was born in that stable 2000 years ago and laid in that manger? Who is he? Many are skeptical about him, about Jesus and you might be among those with doubts because of arguments you've heard along the way or maybe just because of all the the ick that there is in the world and let's face it there's a lot of ick in this world isn't there anybody experienced the ick of this world even just this christmas week Like there's enough ick to make us wonder sometimes if there is such a great God ruling this world. Why is it all such a mess? Why is everybody at each other's throats? Why is nature throwing pandemics and climate crises and natural disasters at us? What's God doing if he's the ruler of it all? Well, as it turns out, we're going to spend the next just a few minutes together looking at how God is ruling He is in control, but you and I, we have turned to so many other rulers, and sometimes day to day it's a different ruler. One day we may be ruled by our fears, the next day we're ruled by our doubts, another season in life, we're ruled by others' opinions of us, Uh, we're ruled by our passions and our appetites, we're ruled by, allow ourselves to be ruled by so many different things, but If this is your church home, or whether you're stopping through for the weekend, or if you normally don't go to church, I hope you just hear one thing this evening, and it's this. The son born on Christmas aims to be our ruler. He reigns as king. The son born on Christmas reigns as king. And we're talking about Jesus. He's God's one and only son. That's what we saw last night, for those of you who were here on Christmas Eve, as told by Jesus' friend John, who said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, talking about Jesus. We observed His glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is Himself God and is at the Father's side, He has revealed Him. Yesterday we saw that because the first half of the Bible's story had always called Israel God's Son, for John to call Jesus God's one and only son is to say that Jesus fulfills the destiny of Israel. Jesus shows himself to be the true Israel. Jesus carries out the role of the son the way the nation of Israel as a whole was meant to be God's son, but never could be despite their best efforts. Because sons, in ancient thinking, would carry on the function of their fathers. And Jesus comes along and says, in essence, what you see with the father is what you get with me. What you see with Jesus is what you get with God. And he's authorized to say that because he is God and he's at the Father's side making the Father known to us. So today on Christmas Day, I just want to add a little layer to what we saw last night on Christmas Eve for those of you who were here, namely that when Jesus shows us who God is, he shows us how God reigns. And as each of us is considering who's going to be the ruler of each of our hearts, I want us to just spend a few minutes considering tonight that when Jesus shows us who God is, part of what he shows us is how God reigns. Now, if you're God and you want to show your rule and reign, it's a strange way to do it by sending your son to a small town to be laid among animals. Why not a palace? Why not come to a metropolis? But by coming in the way he does, God teaches us something about the nature of his rule. And in order to see it, it's helpful to maybe zoom out and be reminded briefly of why we need a king in the first place. Yesterday, you might remember, or if you're familiar with the Bible story at all, you might know that we humans, children of God in a very real sense, we kind of botched our job. Of reflecting god here on earth that's what he put us here to do to show what he's like but we messed it up and but then we saw god's rescue plan last night that he picked one family out of all the families on earth to be his son in a particular way that all the rest of the families on earth were not in order in other words to fulfill god's function in the world in such a way that the world could know god again that son was israel the jewish people What we didn't mention yesterday is that within the family of Israel, who collectively are the son of God, there is one individual at any given time chosen to be the son of God in a special way. This individual was the king from the line of David. Now, the kings from David's line, were they sons of God already at birth? Well, yeah, in the sense that every Israelite could say that they were a son of God. But then, at their coronation, when they become king, when that crown goes on their head, when they took the throne, listen to how David reflects on his own coronation day. This is David speaking in Psalm 2. He said, I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son today, on the day of David's coronation. Today I have become your father. So there's a sense in which David, the king of Israel, doesn't become God's son until the moment he takes the throne. And God says it'll be the same for one of David's sons. The moment he then succeeds David and takes the throne. This is 2 Samuel chapter 7. God speaking to David. He says, when your time comes and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. I will be his father and he will be my son. So David, son of God. His son Solomon, son of God. And what makes them sons of God? Remember, sons carry out the function of their fathers. So to call the king God's son is to say that the kings of Israel are meant specifically to rule in a way that reflects God's rule. In a way that would be recognizable as, hey, it's almost as if God himself were ruling here on earth in our nation. Psalm 89 is one of the places that captures what that looks like. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, God. In other words, starting with David and Solomon, the royal line of David is meant to rule like God rules, with righteousness and justice as the foundation of their throne. And in doing so, they're meant to show the world what God is like, the way he aims to rule over us. Of course, David and his sons, they utterly fail to reflect this rule. The vast majority of David's descendants ignore God, pervert justice, trample on the people that they're supposed to lead. And in doing so, they reflect poorly on the God that they're meant to image as leaders, and it leaves the world in the sort of chaos and dysfunction that we see today. And then we're left without reason for hope. Even the rulers designated to reflect God's rulership have distorted for the world the picture of what God's rule looks like. What hope could we have? That's when Jesus shows up. Is Jesus the son of God at birth? Of course he is, in the sense that, in his essence, he's been the son of God since eternity past. And he also is already at birth, son of God, in the sense that he's a human. And every human since Adam is a child of God in one sense. And he's also already son of God at birth in the sense that he's a member of the nation of Israel and all Israel has been called the son of God since Exodus 4. But in the manger, is he the son of God in the sense that David and Solomon were sons of God? Perhaps not yet. According to Psalm 2, Davidic kings only become son of God at their coronation. And in light of that, perhaps New Testament texts, like Acts 13 and Hebrews 1, start to make sense. Here's Hebrews 1. After making purification for sins, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, so he became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son? Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. I don't know about you, but for me, when I've come across a text like this, it's been so confusing to me. Become the son? inherited became superior to the angels that makes me uncomfortable wasn't jesus always the son same in acts 13 god has fulfilled this for us their children by raising up jesus has written the second Psalm. you are my son today i have become your father how could this be well jesus was already the son of god in several senses but in the davidic king sense the baby born on christmas and worshiped by the magi as future king of israel doesn't actually become the son of god until he dies rises again and ascends to his heavenly throne then and only de- then is his job done the job he came to earth to do as son of god right? that's when it's complete the baby born on christmas he never holds public office he never overthrows an empire despite many wishing that he would but he reigns in our hearts even now with an otherworldly sort of humble rule that subverts all the power structures that we're used to. And that, friends, is our hope in the midst of this broken world, with all the ick that's around us. That the Son born on Christmas is now reigning in our hearts, the hearts of His people, and will one day come again to reign over everything. He's not only the true and better Israel, like we saw yesterday, He's the true and better David, as we've seen here this evening. And as such, he's going to set things right in the world. Such that all the chaos will be turned to order. All our tears will be replaced by laughter. All our violence will be turned to peace. All our brokenness replaced by wholeness. In that beautiful language from the Lord of the Rings, everything sad will come untrue. There's been a plan all along for how God was going to accomplish that in his timing. And it has everything to do with the baby born on Christmas, a king, the king of kings, the one destined to carry out the perfect, just rule of God here on Earth and in heaven and in our hearts. The son born on Christmas reigns as king. The question for each of us is, have we acknowledged his place on the throne of our own hearts? If you've resisted his kingly rule in your life, maybe this Christmas is when you bow your knee. He doesn't rule like the rulers were used to. He doesn't exercise authority the way we've seen authority exercised harmfully. He comes in humility and perfect love. If you want to give your life to him, you could tell him that even today. I'd love to talk to you more about how to do that. But for those of us who have acknowledged Jesus at some point as king overall, maybe the takeaway is this. Maybe we pause for a moment this Christmas To identify areas of our lives in which we're still trying to live as our own kings, which we all do. Areas of our own lives in which we are still being ruled by fear, by doubt, ruled by others' opinions of us, ruled by a desire for control. And let's give those to the true and better David, the true son of God and reigning king. Let's pray. Yeah, we need a king. Our world is broken. It's a mess. We can feel the pain that results from the chaos around us. But when we're honest, we recognize that the ick isn't just outside of us. It's also in our own hearts. We're part of the problem. We uh, commit injustice ourselves. Uh, The ick that we hate in the world around us is right there present with us every moment of the day through what we say and what we do and what we think and so we need a ruler uh, a king to come reign in our hearts we don't want to be ruled by the things that have ruled us and god i pray that this christmas would be a time that we would bow our knee to you some of us maybe for the first time others of us once again and as you reign in our hearts Help us experience the flourishing that we are made for. In Jesus' name.